This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley, and this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Virginia discussing the Lover's Lane murders. Then we'll talk about the Farmville murders. So buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Old Dominion. The Colonial Parkway is a scenic 23-mile stretch of Virginia that connects Jamestown, Williamsburg, and Yorktown, creating a triangle. No semis are allowed. The speed limit is 35. It's toll-free and no commercial developments along the way. So no McDonald's. Picnic areas and scenic lookouts. Most of the parking spots have a 20-minute limit, and it gets very dark here at night. There are no streetlights and low-hanging trees. This place became a lover's lane. Every town has them. It's a place the young folks go to play kissy face and do other things that one does in a car at night. This was also a hangout for underage drinking, so there were two patrol officers on at all times to try and stop shenanigans. This was a historical place, after all, that people went out of their way to travel and visit. It's hard to think about a place so beautiful and safe being the scene of multiple gruesome murders, but that's exactly what happened here, starting in 1986. Over the next four years, there would be four young couples brutally murdered here. These cases remain unsolved to this day. On October 12, 1986, a jogger saw a car down an embankment on Colonial Parkway. It was about 35 feet from the roadway. You couldn't see it from the road, and the jogger was running along the riverbank, and that's where he spotted it. The highway patrol arrived on scene and found two bodies inside the car. Two young women who were later identified as 27-year-old Annapolis Naval Academy graduate Kathy Thomas from Lowell, Massachusetts. Kathy was one of the first women to graduate from Annapolis. She'd retired after serving five years in the Navy and was now working as a stockbroker. The other girl, 21-year-old Rebecca Dowski who was a senior at the prestigious William and Mary College, majoring in business management. They had been missing since October 9th after leaving the computer lab together. What most people didn't realize is that these two women were a couple. They were dating. This was 1986 in Virginia, so this was not the norm. Yeah. Kathy's family knew she was a lesbian and they were looking forward to meeting her friend Rebecca at Thanksgiving. Rebecca's family did not know, so they weren't out, so to speak, in the public eye Mm -hmm. anyways. Friends would say they would often go for drives along the Colonial Parkway where they could be alone, and these friends were supposed to see Rebecca the next day, and when she didn't show up, they called police, but nothing was done. Not until the jogger came upon the overturned car, Both women had been bound with rope and strangled. The ropes had been removed and were not at the scene, but there were rope burns on both of their throats and wrists. Both of their throats were also cut so deeply that they were almost decapitated. Oh my gosh. Kathy's body was found in the hatchback of the car, and when it was removed, they could see down her windpipe. The skin on Kathy's right hand between her thumb and pointer finger was also ripped. She had clearly fought back and she had a clump of hair in her hand. Rebecca was in the back seat. So it's almost like maybe they were thrown when the car flipped, Mm -hmm. you know, and kind of ended up where they were. There was no evidence of sexual assault on either woman. So it was clear to detectives that the bodies were not killed there because there was hardly any blood inside the vehicle. So they had to have been killed somewhere else. Yeah, with that much stuff. Both women's purses were also found inside, so robbery was ruled out 
as a motive. The car was doused in gasoline, but it had failed to burn. The investigation eventually went cold, so there was no suspects, no witnesses, no fingerprints. And this was 86, so the clump of hair, you know what I mean? It's like there was no DNA. So in September of 1987, the bodies of another young couple were found by James River. 20-year-old David and Robin Edwards, who was 14. Ooh. It's a big gauge difference, even for the 80s. Yeah. The two had been missing since September 19th after meeting at an arcade earlier that day. Like, each couple had went with other people and had kind of started talking to each yeah. other. Kind of that meetup thing. Like, they didn't know each other before that. Mm-hmm. So that night, Robin snuck out of her house to meet up with 20-year-old David, and he met her around midnight, and he was known to hang out at the Ragged Island, which was a secluded wildlife refuge known for teenage makeout sessions Mm -hmm. and drinking. And Robin had snuck out before, like her mom worked nights, so she was kind of left to her own devices. That's easy. So, right. So it wasn't unusual for her to be out Mm -hmm. shenanigans. All the things. They were reported missing early Monday morning, and David's truck was found in a parking lot down by James River Bridge. The driver's side door was open. The keys were in the ignition. The car was turned off, but the radio was blaring. Hmm. Inside the car was his wallet, shoes, and two pairs of underwear. So hers and his. So robbery could have been the motive because her purse was missing. Right. His wallet was there, but her purse was gone. The driver's side window was halfway down too. So it's almost like to me, strictly speculating, maybe someone came up and knocked on the window. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Two days later, Robin's body was found on the riverbank by a jogger who at first thought it was a pile of clothing. <sighs> She was shot execution style in the back of the head. And when they found David's body, he had been shot twice. So different. Different locations. Different manners of death. Different manners of death. He had been shot twice, once in the head and once in the shoulder. Like he was away from it. Like he may have been running away. Robin's pants were halfway down. So it was hard for them to tell if she had been sexually assaulted. Because maybe the perp interrupted them too, and that's why her pants were down. They were killed about 30 minutes away from where Kathy and Rebecca's car had been found. Again, the police investigation Mm. went cold. There was no witnesses, no fingerprints, no evidence. So in April of 1988... Aspiring model and gymnastics teacher, Cassandra Haley, who was 18, and Richard Call, who was 20, who was a proclaimed computer geek, went missing after attending a college party together in Newport News. They mingled with each other that night at the party. They didn't really appear to be any romantic interest between the two. Hmm. They just kind of went to each friend group. Right. They weren't, you know, making out on the couch or hanging out with each other. They left the party early enough to get Cassandra home by her curfew, which was 1 a.m. The next morning on his way to work, Richard's dad actually spotted his son's car parked at the York River Overlooks along Colonial Parkway. The car was empty and this was about two miles from where Kathy and Rebecca were found. So I'm trying to give you a... Mm -hmm. So the car was empty. He pulls up, gets out, checks everything out, yells his son's name. Nothing. So he thinks, okay, maybe he's got a girl out here and he's... Mm. So he just leaves and goes to work. Oh, boy. Yeah. Just leaves, goes to work. Park rangers come up on the car and the driver's side door is open. The keys are in the ignition, and they report the vehicle abandoned and that it is impounded the next day. This father reported the car was in a completely different state than the park rangers had said, because when he really? came up on it, 
he's like, I found the car. Yeah. I looked inside. It was empty. He wasn't in there. There was no one in the car. So I yelled for him and then left, not wanting to interrupt him or whatever. When the park rangers found it, they said that they had found Cassandra and Richard's clothing inside. Hmm. Richard's wallet, shoes, Cassandra's purse, one of Cassandra's shoes, and her bra. But her wallet was gone. So come to find out, the reason why these two reports were so completely different is because the park rangers had got there before the dad and took all this oh, stuff. Like, took it. Uh, they just, like, stole they, it oh out of this God, car. I was about to say, why would they take it? No, they, like, stole all this stuff why? that was in the car. And then after Richard and Cassandra were reported missing, the park rangers went back and put all of this stuff Back in the car. What? The best they could remember where it was. Why did they take it in the first place? To steal it. But I mean, clothes? Shoes? Wallets? I I mean, yes, they took it. I get get wallets and stuff, but someone's clothes? And bra? That they were wearing? Yeah. They were just wearing it? Just took everything out of the car. Yeah, very weird. Very weird. But Mm -hmm. then they put it all back when they... When they were reported missing, they were like, shit, we got to take the stuff and put it back in the car. Yes, and then that's how they reported they found it. Is oh my gosh, we Ugh. we found all this stuff in the car. Yeah, and then the dad's like, um, no, "No, you didn't. There was nothing in the car. There was no reason for these two to be on the parkway that night. This was not on the way home for either of them. They weren't hitting it off, so to speak, at the party. So they wouldn't have been." Going parking. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. I was about to say, I was wondering why maybe things changed and they ended up at a lover's lane. But I, I was kind of like, oh, that seems... I guess they could have, but yeah. it, everyone that was questioned at the party was like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's not on the way home. They weren't, you know, like, we need to be alone. It was like, yeah. we're leaving to take her home before her curfew. Hmm. So maybe they were killed somewhere else and driven there. You know, I mean, at this point, when the car is impounded, obviously the two have been reported missing. There were several extensive searches, but their bodies were never found. Still to to this this day. day. No sign of either body. How can that happen after all these years? No bones. Nothing. Nothing. Hmm. So there's a theory that the two went skinny dipping and that's why their bodies were never found. Because it was close to the river. Maybe they got swept away or undertow. But the temperature that night was like 40 degrees. So that seems very unlikely. And also the river was about a half a mile away from where they parked. So nobody's stripping down mm-hmm. in 40 degree weather and walking a half a mile naked. There's no, that's. Yeah. So this theory's shot down pretty quickly. So now people are starting to go, what the fuck is happening? At Colonial Parkway. Like, there's, this is, sounds like a scary movie. Yeah, it does. Like, are all these connected? Is there a serial killer? There doesn't appear to be a clear motive with anybody. The causes of death are all different. And there are bodies that just vanished into thin air. So what, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's not like. Nothing's consistent except for the place. Right. There's no rape. There's no, everybody died by gunshots. You know what I mean? It's all over the place. There's missing wallets this time. There's not this time. Yeah. There's no consistency. So None. There's, yeah. I, if there's I no pattern. A detective, I, I mean, right. what do you go off of? Right. So finally in 1988, the media gets wind of all of this and the connections of the cases. And the next year, the FBI offers a $10,000 reward on information on the cases. The families are wondering what the fuck is happening are these connected? Like what's going on? Could this have just been a dumping ground for people who have murdered elsewhere and then just kind of brought them here or just abandoned, you know, where the killer abandoned the vehicles. You know what I mean? For a lover's lane, it's not very popular. It seems like if there's no well, witnesses, I mean, well, and it's dark and it's late. So it's, so it's like, uh, yeah, you would, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's that kind of place too, where people are sticking to their own cars. They're well, not. It's not like well, you're there to yeah. stick to your own car. Who's <laughs> 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 to say? So about a year and a half later, 
two more young people go missing near Colonial Parkway. On Memorial Day weekend, 1989, Daniel Lauer, 21, was driving to his brother's house in Virginia Beach, and he was driving his brother's girlfriend. So Anna Maria Phelps, who was 18, like caught a ride with with her boyfriend's brother. On September 5th, they were reported missing. Their car was found abandoned at the New Kent rest stop on I-64. The car was found on the westbound side of the highway, which was the opposite direction of the way that they were going, which was confusing. Mm -hmm. So it's unclear if the two had pulled over there or if they were killed elsewhere and the killer just dropped their car there. Anna Maria's purse was found inside the car. Once again, ruling out robbery as a motive. Their bodies were found over a month later on October 19th by hunters on a logging road about a mile away. Mm. They were covered in blankets from Daniel's car and were badly decomposed, which made it impossible to determine their cause of death or if they had been wow. sexually assaulted. Wow, they couldn't even determine they couldn't, the they bullet were, was wow. They were that mm. decomposed. There did appear to be stab marks in Anna Maria's bones suggesting maybe she had been stabbed to death. But just like the other cases, this one went cold and no killer was ever brought to justice. So, some people think it was a serial killer doing all this. Wait, we don't know? No. Oh my gosh, I thought this was a solved case. No, it's unsolved. No bodies, no evidence, no, like, no, nobody knows. So, all the victims had been killed either in their car, near it. Um, the first three were at Lover's Lane. None of them were robbed. Sexual assault wasn't a motive in any of the cases. The first and third murders were just miles apart. The second and fourth were about a half an hour away from the others. So they're just along this parkway that this stuff happens. Which sounds like a scary movie. Yeah, you think they have to be related, but then at the same time, there's no... no, Yeah. How do you even begin to figure that out? They're a lesbian couple. There's... They're not even a couple. That's her... They're friends. It's platonic. it's platonic. And then then there's a a couple. couple. Yeah, Yeah, it's random. Random. Do you happen to know their races? I believe they were all white. And it all happened within like I said, like four years of each other, but it's just along this stretch of highway. And it's almost like some of them may have been parked playing kissy face and someone snuck up and murdered Mm -hmm. them. And the other was just passing through. So it's like they could have stopped at the rest stop just to pee and somebody came upon them and murdered them. And it's always two, you know, two people. So someone has the upper hand somehow, which makes me think they surprise them or they have a gun holding it. Or even a knife. I mean, if somebody walked up to the car and and put a knife to your throat and told me, put these handcuffs on or I'm going to cut her throat, I would do it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, but they're not raping and they're not stealing money. They're not taking cars. They're not stealing jewelry. All their jewelry was on. Um, There was an investigator that was called in, like a private investigator he believes that the murders of Kathy and Rebecca are not related to the other murders at all. In fact, he thinks they are connected to a double homicide that occurred in the Shenandoah National Park in 1996, where a young couple, Julie Williams, 24, and Lolly Winans, 26, were camping in the park over Memorial Day weekend, and when they didn't return home, they were reported missing. Hmm. Their bodies were found bound and gagged, similarly to Kathy and Rebecca's, and their throats had also been slit. So he believes those two murders were hate crimes committed by the same perp. So despite the theories that they may not be connected, many still believe that they are. And over the years, police have questioned over 150 suspects with all four of the cases, but all have been cleared. In 2018, the Facebook page Colonial Parkway Murders, which is run by Kathy's brother, Bill, revealed that DNA had been found at three of the four crime scenes that could be potentially conclusively linked to the case and lead to an arrest. Hair that was found in Kathy's hand and a biological sample found near Robin have never been tested. Why? 
But advances in DNA technology and resources like GEDmatch, the families of the victims are hopeful <gasps> that they will eventually get an answer. So, this case has been featured on Real Stories of the Highway Patrol, ID Channel's Sensing Murder, hmm. which I have never seen. I haven't either. Where psychics are brought in oh, to God. gain new insights on murder. And E! had a full documentary investigation, Serial Killers on the Loose which featured the Colonial Parkway murders and Michelle McNamara, uh-huh. author of I'll Be Gone in the Dark and On the Golden State Killer, published a two-part exploration on the Colonial Parkway murders in her true crime, true crime diary. So, yes, DNA wow. has never shown any matches. They don't know who it is. They don't know why they did it. It's not solved. I didn't really know much about this. I, I didn't either. Solved. I don't. I yeah. Mean. So no, no solved. No nothing. Hair, body juice, no matches. So maybe one day people like I you hope, keep uploading their DNA. Please, man, how horrifying though! I, it's like a triangle. It's like the Bermuda Triangle of Virginia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's see his face. And now she I'm hates like, an unsolved murder. I, She's gonna go down a rabbit now hole. Now I'm like, man. Yeah, you have to look it up. Okay. Very interesting. Let's take a quick break and then I'll tell you about my case. Okay. Before I get into today's story, I'm going to chat a little bit about horrorcore. What? Yeah. This is a subgenre of hip hop music. What? I'm guessing you've never heard of it. No. Well, <laughs> it's horror themed. And horrorcore artists, which, by the way, that's very hard to say horrorcore. Horrorcore. They push the violent content and imagery in their lyrics beyond the realm of realistic urban violence. So it's violent, but it's supernatural-ish, you know? Give me a lyric. Sorry, I just made noise. The lyrics are usually gruesome, ghoulish, and unsettling. Oh, boy. I'll Google the first lyric that pops up on Google. So let's see. So this is Psycho Cutter. Yikes. And it the first... I don't even know. There's a lot of cats. (laughs) I was born in a bed of thorns. A devil scorn killed my mom and left her torn because I had a head with horns. Then I rose from the pits of hell to inflict a spell on you humans through my music because I knew this shit would sell. Ooh. Yeah. So there's that. That's That's dumb. That's that. Ooh. Woke up from the drug buzz. Now I got to torture more bitches. Oh, Oh my my God. God. I'm gory with saws and shit, mutilating pricks with 40 stitches. Ooh, that's that's dark even for us. Okay, we're like, that's we're immediately, enough. immediately. And what are you just putting this on your car and driving your kids to school? <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> driving to work? I don't know. To each their own. It's a very controversial genre of music, as I just read. Now I can see why. And fans and artists have been blamed for numerous high-profile instances of violence including the Columbine High School Massacre. Well, I looked at a list of artists, and I have never heard of any of them except the Insane Clown Posse. I feel like that's probably the most popular one. I didn't realize that was horrorcore. They're horrorcore. That's what was said. And the Columbine shooters were apparently big fans of their music. That's. I'm not saying people who listen to horrorcore are bad people or shooters or whatever, but just to show you there's a lot of controversial ties to this music. Well, you know, I can see that. So it was horrorcore rap that brought together Richard McCroskey, a.k.a. Psycho Sam, spelled S-Y-K-O, by the way, and Emma Niederbrock. So I'm just going to call him Richard instead of Psycho Sam, but... He was an amateur horrorcore rapper, and Emma was a big fan of the music. They met on MySpace. Not MySpace. In 2008 (laughs) and quickly bonded over music. Were you into MySpace? Yes. Really? I majorly was. It it started right in my high school heyday before Facebook. I remember I had to do my own HTML on the background. I don't know how I knew how to do any of that. No one ever showed me. I think I probably just Googled everything. Did they have Google? 
Oh, man. In the I 90s? Asked Jeeves? I don't know. It was in the 90s. I remember. No, I remember MySpace when, like, I went to college. So it would have had to be, like, 2000, 2001, 2002. Yes. I think thought it was invented in, like, 2003. I don't know. I had it in. Was it? Let me Google. Did I just Back age check. myself? Oh, it did come out in 2003. So, yeah. So I was. Uh, that was, like, I was. Out of, I was about to be out of college. Oh, like, okay. I was, like, late college. I knew I was in college. Like, I, I just couldn't remember if it was, like, I knew. early college or That's late so college. That's so funny. It was late college. Remember the top eight and all that? Oh, yeah. All the, yeah. And I put loved music on? Friends. Just kidding. Well, I went back to my MySpace. I hadn't logged on in forever, and I still. I tried to get on my MySpace and could not. Oh, my gosh. Well, I remember after a long hiatus, it kind of changed, like, Now it's, the like, format. for music. Yeah, the format and everything's changed, and I lost all my blog posts, all my messages from friends in high school. <laughs> I was so mad. My music on there right now is, do you realize, by the Flaming Lips. Oh, my I probably God. said that when I was, I don't even remember, but... Anyway, he was 20 years old and living in San Francisco with his sister. And Emma was a 16-year-old living with her mom in Farmville, Virginia. Richard dropped out of high school because he was bullied for being overweight, an outcast, and for being a redhead. Because of this, he had very few friends, so he spent the majority of his time on the internet. His name was Psycho Sam because he was obsessed with the serial killer, Son of Sam. He also had raps on his MySpace about killing, maiming, and mutilating people. And on his YouTube channel, his name was Lil Demon Dog. <laughs> <laughs> but because it was another Son of Sam reference. Two swipes on me. <laughs> and I will post pictures and yeah. Uh, he also posted a video of himself after he flipped over a cross on the grave of a U.S. Marine. Oh, like, no. Like, who posts that on their mind? Mm-mm. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. He had all the red flags. Emma mm-hmm. was homeschooled, and her dad was a pastor, and her mom was a professor in sociology and criminal justice at Longwood University. Her parents divorced in the beginning of 2009, and Emma stayed in the family home with her mom, and her dad moved out. Emma also spent a lot of time on the internet, mostly MySpace. She went by Ragdoll. I'm going to interject. I didn't go by anything. I just, it was my name. I think mom was just my name too. I, I don't know. Maybe it was more, this is more so a horror core thing. So she went by Ragdoll and loved meeting other horror core fans. So that's kind of why she was on there. In September of 2009, they met in real life for the first time. So she and Richard had been talking on the phone for the past year, almost every single day. So Emma went to a horrorcore festival called Strictly for the Wicked with her friend Melanie Wells in Southgate, Michigan. That sounds like some shit you would drag me to. No, not (laughs) this. And man, they were 16. That sounds scary. It sounds a little ominous for sure yeah oh gosh i hate to sound like i'm always don't blame music for things but if i were a parent i'd be like oh my god like these lyrics are i mean this ain't no walk (laughs) no come on (laughs) at this point richard thought he and emma were together they had been talking on the phone every day for a year emma would send him flirty messages but i don't think she considered him her boyfriend and you'll see why soon. I mean, just a, a DM they were does talking. not. They were not an a official couple, make. right? Yes. But he took it that way. Emma's parents were concerned about her meeting Richard. She was a minor at this point and four years younger than Richard, which is a lot when you're 16. And he's 20 out of. He's dropped out of high school. They're in totally different worlds. But Emma's parents, Mark and Deborah, together, even though they're divorced agreed to go together and take them all to this festival in Michigan, which was about a 10-hour drive if you don't take any stops. These parents are really trying to... No, I don't love Max that much. They're like, we're going to... You know, they're recently divorced. They're probably like, let's... This is her happiness. Mm -hmm. I don't know. After the festival on September 14th, they all drove back to Emma's Farmville home in Virginia. 
and they agreed that Richard could stay there for a few days. So again, he's from San Francisco. Well, Emma's dad, of course, you know, he didn't live there. He had his own place. So he went back to his home. So it's Emma, her mom, her friend Melanie for the night because she lives in West Virginia and Mm -hmm. Richard. Based on their messages, Emma had been flirty with Richard for the past year. But when she saw him in person, there were no sparks. This sounds like one of your... It'd be like that sometimes. He wasn't who she was expecting. He looked like a totally different person in real life. He was shorter than she was expecting and looked a lot younger than 20 in real life. Mm -hmm. She also didn't find him very attractive. Oh, no. Yeah, he looked younger than 20 and he also acted younger. He seemed kind of like an immature teenage boy. And not that 20 is much older, but to her, she was expecting this mature 20-year-old guy. But at this point, Emma had decided in her head, I'm assuming, she wasn't going to flirt with him anymore. She was like, ooh, I'm I'm not into it. But she was still nice to him, but she distanced herself. Right. Noticeably so. Right. At the festival, she was allegedly flirtatious with other guys, and Richard noticed, and he noticed her texting other guys, and he was not happy about this. I mean, he still kind of thought, this is my girlfriend, and we meet after all this time, and she's not happy to see me. At 2.43 a.m., Emma's friend Melanie posted on her MySpace about how awesome the festival was. So once Melanie returned to Virginia, Melanie's parents couldn't get a hold of her, and they started to worry about her. Melanie's parents lived about 200 miles away in West Virginia, so Melanie came down to go with Emma for the concert and was Mm going to go back. Once she didn't come home, they decided to drive to Virginia and see what the deal was. They arrived at the Niederbrock's home, and no one answered the door. They couldn't get a hold of anyone. So they waited seven hours outside of their home thinking at some point they're going to come home. Oh, my God. They're waiting for them to get home and they felt like something was wrong. Melanie's mom did some of her own digging and found the phone number for the people that organized the festival in Michigan. So while Melanie was supposed to be in Virginia, the, you know, festivals in Michigan. So her mom's like, maybe they're in Michigan still. I don't know. Believe it or not, they answered these people that ran the festival and said they had seen Emma, Melanie, and Richard at the festival. Horrorcore, I guess, is a very tight-knit group. Must it's like be. its own Yeah, I'm like, what? They knew them? Yeah. But it's yeah, it's like their own family, I guess. Well, they said, yeah, we saw them and they left with Emma's parents. That's all they knew. Well, Melanie's parents had called the house countless times. She kept doing it and doing it, and finally, someone answered. It was Richard. She's like, okay, look, where's Melanie? And he would not give her a straight answer. She'd call him multiple times, and he's like, oh, well, she's, you know, around. Or, and she's like, let me talk to her. Yeah. And he wouldn't, and then would hang up. So she called the police the morning of Thursday, September 17th. The police agreed to do a welfare check, and Richard opened the door. He said that everyone else was at the movies. The police had no idea who this guy was, but they believed him and left. Mm -mm. Finally, Melanie's mom called Emma's dad, Mark. She explained that she was supposed to be home the previous day and asked him if he could drive to his ex-wife's house and see what was going on. This was around 5 p.m. after the police had done the welfare check and they're like, no, it's fine. Mark said he would check on things and have Melanie get a hold of her mom. He lived about 20 minutes away. Mark never called her back and then wouldn't answer any of her calls. At this point, she's probably lighting her hair on a fire because the cops aren't helping. And then this, he, well, she can't get a hold of anybody. Right. So the next morning on the 18th, Melanie's mom called the police yet again. And they agreed to do another welfare check. And they arrived at Emma's house around 3.20 that day. This time. No one answered, Richard wasn't there, and the door was unlocked. They were immediately disgusted by the smell of the home. It was so strong that this was the probable cause for them to enter the house. Mm -hmm. They smelled it at the doorway. They walked through the house, 
And once they got to Emma's bedroom downstairs, there were three dead bodies. This, of course, allowed them to get a search warrant. And once they got the warrant, they searched the entire home and found a fourth body in an upstairs room. The scene was so horrific that the police wouldn't elaborate on what they saw other than they had died from blunt force trauma. The bodies belonged to Emma, Melanie, and Emma's parents, Deborah and Mark. It didn't take them long to think that Richard was responsible, so a manhunt was declared. That same day, around 4 a.m., someone reported that a car was stuck in their ditch at the end of the driveway. So a tow truck and officer showed up and gave the man a ticket for driving without a license. This was Richard. But they didn't know anything bad had happened yet. They asked him who the car belonged to, and he said it was his girlfriend's dad's car. So this was Mark's car, but they hadn't discovered the bodies yet, you know, at this point. So the tow truck driver offered to give Richard a ride to the gas station, and he said he stunk like the devil. He said he had to hold his own head out of the window while he was driving to stop himself from gagging. Oh my god. I would have to be like, dude, you smell. What's been going on with you? Ugh. So they thought he was making a run back to his home in California, and they were right. Early on September 19th, police arrested Richard at the Richmond, Virginia airport. As deputies escorted him to the police station Saturday after his arrest at the Richmond airport, he was asked by a reporter why he did it. He said, Jesus told me to do it. What? Once his family found out, they were like, no way. They could not believe it. They didn't think he was capable of violence. He was close to his sister, and his sister was kind of in denial. Like, this is, you've got the wrong guy. You've got this messed up. And on October 19th, 2009, Richard was indicted on six counts of capital murder, one for each of his four victims, as well as a capital murder for murdering multiple people within three years. Prosecutors believe that his motive was. He was just upset about how things were going with Emma. During the night after they returned, he took a ball peen hammer, also known as a machinist hammer. You know what that is? Yes. And attacked first Melanie, who was asleep on the couch downstairs. God bless. Yeah. Then he made his way upstairs to Emma's mom's room and killed Deborah with the hammer. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Then he went to Emma's room and killed her. None of them had defensive wounds, so it was believed they were asleep until their attack. Then, two days later, when Mark went to check on them, he entered the home, and Richard attacked and killed him as well, this time with a small hatchet. Oh, God. And he was just staying in this house. This was two days later. He was in this house with, with these dead bodies. bodies, didn't shower. That's why he stunk so bad. That, is that Mm-mm. Why would you do that? Why? Mm. Anyway, after murdering Mark, he dragged his and Melanie's body into Emma's room, which again, we don't know why that's, but, and then he attempted to clean up a little bit, but it really wasn't much. Then he recorded a video of himself in which he spoke to the camera, talking about how he knew he would have to pay the consequences for what he had done and that he was contemplating suicide. Richard ended up pleading guilty to two counts of capital murder and two counts of first-degree murder and waived his right to an appeal. He was facing the death penalty but was given four life sentences in prison. The victim's family supported the decision to reach a plea agreement instead of going to trial and seeking the death penalty. Richard did not say anything during or after the hearing. He was said to be smirking as he left the courtroom. Ugh and was led to the van, which would take him back to jail. Of course, the community blamed horrorcore rap, or at least thought it was responsible. But, as I had said earlier, people have been blaming all sorts of music for years. I mean... I listen to questionable music sometimes, but I'm not... Yeah, you can't... I don't think you can ever solely blame music for something. No. I got my info from NBC News... Talk Murder With Me, Morbid Tourism, and Generation Y. But yeah, it's, I don't even know how I found that. I, (laughs) 
Morbid has done an <laughs> episode on this, but this. I didn't listen to it, and right. I and I'd never heard of it before. I'm like, this is just really. There are just. I'm just gonna say it. The thought of being hit with a hammer. I agree. There's something, something about a hammer. Ah, uh, like even a blunt object, but then a, a hammer. About, or people that get yeah. stabbed to the point where like the knife breaks. I'm always like, God, no. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm watching a just show and I know it's just not real. Shoot me. Just shoot yeah. me. When someone gets hit in the head with a hammer, yes. I always shriek because that's just... It's, it just looks... I mean, obviously, it's awful, but uh, it just looks like... The visual. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm like, no. Mm-mm. God. And yes. the mom? Come on. What do those moms ever do to people? And then the dad. It's and the dad. He was just going... Ugh. Yuck. Mm-mm. I know. I know. Well... Switching gears from Please. that awfulness, we have new patrons. <gasps> yay! Finally, yay! So we have Amber M, and she lives in Florida. Of course. We love a Florida, Flor- how do you say it? Floridian? <laughs> Floridian. <laughs> well, okay, so she messaged us and said she's from Arkansas. What? Blyville, to be precise. Oh, I know where that is. Of course. And Amber, my aunt, and several cousins used to live there, so I'm very what, familiar really? with Bible. Yeah, my dad. My mother was born there. Are you for real? Yeah. My dad was born in Dell, which is like right near Blyville. My uh-huh. my grandparents were sharecroppers. So were mine. They were cotton pickers <gasps> near the Mississippi border. So were mine. Yeah. That's how I bet our grandparents knew each other. They might have. They might have. I mean, hey, I don't know. But <laughs> my little dog Chip got lost in the cotton field there once when Stop. we were visiting. We found him. We found him. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, we know where Blyville is. Yeah. But I'm gonna put your pin in Florida because we need more of those though, Amber. But we don't have any near Blyville. I don't know. Let us know what you want. I'll do either for I love just for it. you. Yeah. And we also have Mindy B. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. I thought you were fixing to tell me where she's from. We don't know. She's I sent like, her a message, though. You Mindy, from. you can keep it secret, but we love you anyway. And we also just got our most recent batch of shirts from our supplier. I'm pointing. I'm pointing. It's in that white bag over there. A bunch of shirts. So I'm sending those this week in the mail. Very You'll cool. get them soon. And if you're a patron, I'm going to send some stickers your way. Mailing it all out this week. Mail it it's out. Mail week. It's time for the I'm holidays. I'm going to try on all your shirts first to see how. I'm just kidding. I won't do that. <laughs> uh, but that's all my news. Lacey just got back from New York. I did. I did. She had the I best survived. time ever. Had a great time. I'm exhausted still from it. Sure, I bet. Man, I one thing I noticed while I was there. I just have a lot of random observations, and one was that there's not a lot of bigger people there. Like. Obese? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, I not don't... that everyone's skinny per se, but I'm looking around and I'm like, I guess I noticed it because... She's like, we're not... We're in Arkansas. <laughs> we're not in the South. Listen, we're... These are not cornbread fed people <laughs> up in the North. <laughs> this is true. But well, I... Well, there's a lot of walking. Well, that's exactly. And after... I'm like, man, there's a lot of skinny people here. I'm like, the chunkiest person <laughs> on the <laughs> But for real. And then after all of it, I'm like, you, if you lived here... If you, you did, would have a very yes. difficult time walking around. I'm just saying, I my my feet were killing me after the first day. All the stairs up and down the subway. I kept pulling at the mole hole. Let's go back oh, to the God. mole hole. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of walking. It's good it was for fun you. though. You I, saw a rat. One. I only saw one rat. When you posted I that, was stoked. I was. Dying I was of so laughter. Excited. I chased it. This is why I we would were, have been the same way. I chased it because I'm like, okay, I want to see a New York rat. Why is that a thing? I don't know. But so this was when we were going back and it was like 3.30 a.m. in the subway. So it wasn't very crowded. And then our friend was like, there's a rat. And I'm like, where? And I saw it scurrying on the stairs and I booked it, got my camera out. And I'm like recording this rat. <laughs> it wasn't carrying pizza. But yeah, that's the only, people were hand feeding squirrels in Central Park. Ew, no. A by squirrel was a rat with a cuter tail. I wanted no. to buy some nuts and do it too, but Mm-mm. everyone was shooing me and the geese were friendly. I was all, they were, were like, like a Disney movie. They were like, why are you all about the animals here? I'm like, I don't know. Instead Mm-mm. of the feral cat, there's no feral cats. So I'm like uh, going after the rats. Like <laughs> lots of poodles and French bulldogs. I can see that. Very designer dog heavy and mm-hmm. little dog heavy. 
Well, just, it's probably hard to walk a doby around the streets of New I York. I saw a couple of pities. We went where uh, near where John Lennon was assassinated, uh-huh. and there's a memorial in Central Park for him. Oh, very cool. And then there was someone playing, singing acoustic songs of his outside and the Beatles songs. It was really sweet. Well, there's this guy that was holding a pit bull in his arms like a baby, rocking him, and was oh. like singing along, serenading it. And this dog was leaned back. It was so absurd, but it was. I was obsessed. He was just whispering in the dog's ear and the dog. I'm like, oh my God, that's the sweetest. I wanted to record him, but that would have been weird. You're like, I don't want to infringe on Saw his Beetlejuice. And can I just say. Was it amazing? Yes. I, to be honest, I didn't really care about seeing a musical. I don't like musicals. I was kind of like, um, I guess I just have to. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. The, it was different than the movie. Okay. I'll just say that, but really good. When it goes on tour, y'all should see it. Very cool. It's a show about death. I'm super jealous of Beetlejuice. Not the squirrels and the, and the dogs being serenaded, but Beetlejuice, yes. I ate bagels every morning. Was there a place near like where you guys stayed? Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere had like, a bagel. Like we walked, for, we walked to delis in the morning to get a bagel, and then we'd get usually street meat at night because it was the quickest thing to do. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was fun. Super. And all the Christmas stuff. It was it was nice. It was, was it very awesome? Did it, you guys ice skate? We didn't because the first night we went to Bryant Park and we're like, which I love Bryant Park, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh we were going to, but we were all so sore, we're like, okay, we'll do it mm-hmm. later. Well then the day we went back, it was raining. Yeah. And we would have had to wait outside for about an hour and a half. And no. we we're like, we were just we wanted to do it for a picture. That, yeah. We're yeah. like, none of us actually probably can right. skate. <laughs> but it was fun. Um, oh, something kind of true crimey. Not not really, but we went to the 911 memorial yes. and museum and stuff, which was whew, very that's, sombering experience. That is a very, yeah. Whew. But remember my New York, my first New York, I think it was case about yes where she disappeared and sneha yes there's multiple ways of how people pronounce yes. so i can't remember exactly she the correct, disappeared the Phillip, day of the day of 9/11. and so it's not people don't know if she was if she died there because she was maybe eating at the restaurant up there or right. like what the deal was yeah, or yeah, she yeah, was there by, so they had this whole section of all the people who died and all the victims and it was like I mean, just walls of all their pictures and stuff. And then to be able to find them, they had these machines where you could type in names or whatever. And I was just kind of curious to see if her name would be in there. And it was. And it had, like, her picture. And then you clicked on her. And then a bunch of pictures of her, her family, her and her dog. And then, like, a bio about her. That is, like, making me tear up right now. I will. And then they had a whole dog section. And this was something I never thought about of all the dogs that – search and rescue that went to uh, help people in the rubble and everything afterwards. It was just, it wasn't something we were excited to see, but it was like something we felt like we needed to see. And it it really put it in perspective of like, well, I was freaked out in Arkansas. I cannot, like, I really cannot wrap my head around what it was like to be a New Yorker. I cannot, I just can't Mm -hmm. like, I don't even know, but Max went to New York last summer um, for like a week or week Mm -hmm. and a half. And that was something that him and his dad did is went to um, Ground Zero. And I don't know if they necessarily went and saw all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. I think his dad and I both agreed he's eight. Yeah. And he doesn't, when he's older, you know, we may take him back and let Mm -hmm. him do all that. But even just going to that, you know, and he was clearly not born when that happened. He talked about it and how he was like, oh my God, mom, you know, da da da. And just to hear a kid talk about how emotional it was for him, even yeah, it's that just, I cannot imagine how. Ugh, I have goosebumps right now. But in one wall, they had a big. It was a humongous screen and just graphics popping up because they couldn't have them all there at once. There were too many of all the missing persons flyers people made. I like. I would have that's been when I'm a like, oh my god, fucking ball bag. It was in the corner. It was really freaking. I mean, I'm 
it's just you you think about it, but you don't really. I don't know. You compartmentalize it, yeah, because it happened so long ago and you weren't yeah. there, and, and you weren't really, there, and you don't think about the missing person sure. posters because it didn't affect you personally. Right. And then when you see just thousands, thousands. just popping up on the screen Ugh. of everyone making them and they're different, like the pictures they use, and I'm like, oh, I God. can't. I mean, just hearing, uh, no. Mm-mm. Well, now I'm like snotty. It was. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't, I can't imagine. So sad. Not laughing because it's no, funny. No, it's, it's just, just like now, now we're, we're like, snotty in recording. I'm sorry for the slurps. The world sucks, Lacey. I know, but I'm like, you know what else sucks? What? Not to make this about me, but I had a birthday yesterday. Did. <laughs> Your birthday was on the 13th. It was on the 13th. And I'm just like not in the birthday mood. Well, it's rainy. It's, it's been gross. raining for like three weeks nonstop in non-stop. Arkansas. Non-stop. I was happy to see a little bit of sun today. On the trip, yeah. Well, and today and, too. Yeah. But it's been raining. It's gross outside. It's cold. It's and your Christmas. birthday was on a Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Yeah. So I always hate when my birthday is yeah. in the middle of the week. So well, your birthday weekend hasn't happened yet. This is true. Birthday weekends are really where it's at. I think I'm almost too old for a birthday weekend. No. Another club. Another club. <laughs> no sleep. No sleep. <laughs> well. I think maybe next year we should plan a birthday trip. Yeah. In in early December birthday trip. In y'all's defense, I was supposed to go on this trip. (laughs) I had to cancel. But and then that would have been my birthday trip. So I think we're a year ahead now. So we We can plan the time. So we need to we need to do that. Where is somewhere that you have went for your birthday, listeners? That was super fun and not ridiculous expensive at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Give us some ideas. Yeah. We have a year. Down. Although I would love to go to New York City. And I'm going to. Mm-hmm. I was laughing because the subway situation, I everyone always, I was like, Ashley would be lighting her hair on fire right now because I was getting pissed off. Me and my friend Jake were like, let's just Uber. We're, if we lived in New York, we would be broke because we would be fed up with getting lost Listen. and we would take $60 Uber <laughs> I love how everyone gauges how I would react. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you would be like. (laughs) They had a whole flight thing where their flight, they almost missed their flight the morning of. And our friend Jake gets on the plane and is like messaging me from the air. I'm at work and is like, all I kept thinking is you would have lost your fucking mind. (laughs) We were so glad you weren't with us. I'm like. I would have been kicked out of the airport and on the no-fly list for TSA. Oh, my gosh. (sighs) Anyways. But we are taking a few weeks off. We'll give you a definite date on our socials. We just need – we need some time. Uh, We need a break. We need a little break before we get burnout. We are going to have one more Wacky Wednesday, though. So there's that. And for anyone that's a Patreon or a patron, we're going to release an episode next week for y'all. So you're not going to miss out on that anyway have a great holiday yeah and new have, year. A, have a great christmas merry christmas happy and happy new year christmas. Oh. just stop <laughs> goodbye <laughs> bye <laughs>